quilt have brought the set of good china, but you know that sits enveloped in a fitted quilted cases, protected by an armed guard 24-7, bottom cabinet of a shelf where it's not going to fall off, waiting for the day, our good china, waiting for the day when our kids will open these packages and wonder, why was this so seldomly used before they consign it to the unprotected shelves of a local thrift store? Setting the table, though, might start first with a, a tablecloth, or in our case, a, 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 what are these things called? Thank you very much. Placemat. I love it. You're like, placemat, like I didn't know it was a placemat. Sometimes it's a rhetorical advice. Okay, so then we also have a, a glass for water, um, so burrito union, uh, so we're uh, pitching things Duluth today. We might have something for a little more festive, so if you want a cranberry and soda or something like that. And then, of course, you're going to have some flatware, right? And uh, so we have a, a knife that's appropriate here and a spoon. Just one fork. I get people that do a salad fork and a dinner fork, but it's kind of like, I just need one fork. I don't need two forks. I know it's not quite, but you know what I'm saying. All right, we have to have a little ambiance, right? And so we need a couple votive candles here. And uh, so we'll do that like this, like that. And then um, just because I like fire, we'll make a fire. It's not that big of a deal, folks. It's only a candle. Ooh, he's lighting a match. And there we go. There we go, just like that. And then we'll... Put that in there. We need salt and pepper. I prefer kosher salt, not um, because of any Hebraic reason, but just because I think it tastes better. Pepper mill, and then we have, um, we have oh, a napkin. Yes, of course. So uh, if you want to do cloth, that's fine. Even a paper towel will work um, if you want to be have a little fun with it, but you're not terribly artistic. You can just like fold it like in a triangle like this. Um, you can go like this, and then you fold it over itself and over it again, okay? And then you just like kind of kind of do it in half like that, like that, okay? Also, if you have a pocket square, okay, you can do the same thing with a pocket square, and then you just put it in here, right? Okay, and it kind of looks cool. Or if you want to, you can do the same idea with a pocket square. You just go like this, and then you like fold it over, and then put the pocket square in like that. But right now, we want a napkin because we're sitting at a table. We're not getting dressed for the day. Um, hopefully, that's already happened. And of course, what are we missing? Flour, of course. So we need a flour and a bouquet. sweet yeah 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 right on no exactly thank you i appreciate the applause dressing it up right it's not it's not that any of this will make the food taste any better but setting the table gets you prepared for the meal right assuming you've actually prepared a meal but, but even, even if all you're doing is opening a can of sardines, slicing some cheese, and a hunk of salami from Northern Water Smokehouse, making it special can make it special. So let's get into this. Page 972, verse 11 of chapter 1. For I would have you know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is where the discussion starts. Paul wants to be very clear. I got this from the top of the house. Certainly referencing Acts 9 or 24 or 26, if you please. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. from what I received from the Lord, I passed on to you. 
Paul is saying, this didn't come to me from a human being. I got it from the top of the house. But I think there's also an element of here, this is not a human thing. This is not a man-made, a man-created thing. This isn't what a man-made religion would look like. And if you're an individual who's wondering about the claims of faith and which of the world's religions to buy into, let me make a case for Christianity because it's unique among the world's religions. And we've riffed on this before, right? Okay? I'm like, if you want to know a true religion that's not created by a man, just look at what the promise of the afterlife is. And Christianity is unique. There's no marriage, which means there's no sex, which means that that wasn't created by a guy. It couldn't have been, right? It could not have been. Because what guy, right? And you're like, wait, did he actually just say that? Yes. Having a little fun, loosening you up. The discussion starts. Paul says, I got this from the top of the house. And if you look at Paul's life, you have this element, right? That this, this Jesus is the missing piece that answers the questions that Paul slash Saul has always been trying to answer. We will explore the time where this revelation, this encounter with the Lord took place, but first, Paul's early passion for God. And he had an early passion for God. Though murderous and misdirected, he was nothing short of rock star status. In his own words, paraphrased by me, I was a big deal. I was a child prodigy. I was successful early on, something that was never said of me. You might even argue he studied the law and you mastered it. You might say he practiced the law and practically perfected it. Apologies to Lin-Manuel Miranda. Paul could say, I went to the Ivy League schools. I clerked for the Supreme Court Justice. I worked at a white shoe law firm. I joined the prosecutorial arm of the temple and was armed with the right to search and seize, interrogate and coerce, to punish, to torture, to kill in the name of God. Verse 13 is basically saying all that. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. Most notably or infamously, Paul oversaw the capital case against Stephen, the first Christian martyr. Well, the second Christian martyr. Superintending Stephen's execution. Do you ever wonder, how many times did he regret that? How many times might he have prayed to God and said, oh, forgive me for that act of violence? The text goes on, verse 15. But when he who had set me apart before I was born 
and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Now, there's a lot of things that can be said about this and a lot of theological presuppositions that will come out of Paul's words right here. Not going to get into that discussion today, willing to have that discussion at any time. A lot of things can be said. You argue for a case or argue against a case. What I'm asking for us is to just experience the raw reality of Paul's words. And that is something that cannot be misunderstood. That that Paul saw his life in a new way. And that way was initiated by the action and intent of God. God acts first in Paul's life. Paul anchors this reality even before his birth, eliminating any sense because we're so tempted as human beings to think that we have done something significant, something important, something, oh, I have created something. We are so proud, especially guys, to puff ourselves up and think so grandly of ourselves. And Paul wants to eliminate any of that because that's the world that he came from. The world where he was like, look at how great I am. Look at me. Paul wanted to eliminate any sense of, oh, I chose God first. I loved God before God loved me. No. Paul wants to eliminate any sense of, I acted first, that this was about me. No. 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 God was loving first. God was working first which again would have been so different than Paul's mindset when he was still pre-Paul, a.k.a. Saul. Paul clearly delineates it's the activity of God in his life, working before he was even conscious of God. And that is a powerful experience. We see similar things in our lives, right? Maybe not in the midst of them, okay? But we often have faith stories, okay? And the faith stories will often, and our own individual faith stories. If if we're observant, if we're willing to pay attention, we will see these seemingly disordered and at times painful events. Sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're crippling. Sometimes they're celebratory. But when viewed with a little bit of perspective, we can testify to the work of God, the the hand of God. Maybe not causing. I'm challenged on causation. But certainly redeeming and restoring and linking these life experiences, inviting us from a position of love to have our past redeemed and the pain giving us the ability to live in a new way that all of the questions of life And death get answered 
because of what God is drawing us to? I think that even none of us, even though none of us would claim the ground that Paul even stands on, we can still testify as Paul does. We can still be a witness to God's activity in our life, drawing us to even this point in time in our existence. Verse 16, once again, was pleased to reveal his son to me. It really becomes the purpose for Paul's life. Revealed to me so I could reveal to others. Specifically, reveal Jesus to the Gentiles. If you want to be grateful for the fact that you, most of us in this room, have heard about Jesus Christ, we can say it started here. Paul was the first to talk to knuckleheads like us. And it's a purpose that would work for any of us. In fact, I might argue it's the only purpose to have. Christ has been revealed to me, so I should be willing to reveal Christ to others. Christ has been revealed to you, so you should be willing to reveal Christ to others. Now, I'm not saying that we should all work in the church. Certainly not at Timberwood. We don't have any openings right now. But any of our jobs. I had a conversation with a friend of mine this week, and she's engaged in, in, in the industry of weddings and these types of things. And, and, I, and I just said, do you realize that what you do is facilitate the very thing that Jesus did first in his long list of miracles? Join in a wedding celebration. Do you realize that what you do is a picture that the book of Revelation gives of what the end of all things will look like, of what heaven will be? It is a wedding celebration. Do you realize how important your role is? And that can be said, that can be true for any of us. If you're a carpenter, how many times does Jesus say, hey, it's like a dude who builds a house. If you feed people, or if you're a farmer, or if you're a business person, how we have the ability and responsibility. Because Christ has been revealed to us. To reveal Christ to others. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia. You're like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. And returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, what? Because that's not the story that Acts has, right? What Paul self-discloses here is a little bit different than what Luke 
records in the book of Acts, and it's still a little bit of a head-scratcher to me about why Luke would miss this one, right? But maybe it wasn't important to Luke's narrative. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, he used to persecute us, is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. The timeline is the Damascus Road, right? He's going to Damascus. He's about to take out the church in Damascus. Blinding light. Paul's blind. He's on his own, then to Arabia, then back to Damascus. Then time to talk to Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. And this covers a three-year chunk of time. Where did he go? Arabia. Now, Arabia could be just about anywhere that's north, south, or east of Jerusalem. This is a fun one to hang with. He was in Arabia. Why was he in Arabia? We don't know. Some think a walkabout, getting some one-on-one time with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And others think because of the reference in 2 Corinthians 11.32 about a Nabataean king whose capital city was Petra, that maybe he was preaching there. We don't know. But what Paul wants to make clear is that his theology and his practice and his affections, his orthodoxy, his orthopraxy, and his orthopathos are all well-baked before he hangs with a rock, Cephas, who's known as Peter. Verse 20, he takes an oath. His word is his bond. I'm telling you the truth. Verse 21 covers roughly nine years. Verse 22, I was known by my reputation. The guy who used to kill us has joined the team. He's preaching the faith. Faith in the Son of God. preaching the faith, not fear. And this becomes really important for us today, right? Because it is so tempting to listen to people that preach fear to us. All the things that you should be afraid of. All the things that are bad with the world that exists around you. All the conspiracies, all of the things that, oh, did you know this? Oh, did you know this? Oh, I read this, and this is happening, and it's really dark. The world's always been kind of a dark place. That's why the light of the world came into a dark world. That's why the kingdom of God moves forward in time and attempts to redeem and restore and reclaim. But if what we're listening to is people preaching fear, you're not going to be well served by listening to that. Preaching faith, both the movement, faith in Jesus Christ and all who consider themselves true followers of Jesus Christ, and the content, the gospel. Remember from last week, 
these, these three ideas that, that the gospel covers, <clears throat> this radical acceptance, this ability to have sins forgiven. Jesus came to save us from our sins. A, a new way of doing life, the ability to redeem what's been wrong in the past and the hope for the future. And a new way of a new kingdom that's completely different, completely inverted from how the world operates. Preaching the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Preaching faith, not fear. And the coolest thing is how it ends. Verse 24. And they glorified God because of me. Again, it's so tempting to think our lives are about us. It is so tempting to think we are something very, very special with our titles and our positions and our abilities and our wealth. Paul's like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not where it's at. Where it's at is God's reputation. Where it's at is God's honor. Where it's at is God's title. God gets the credit. Two lessons today. Lesson number one, please, with everything that I have inside of me, use the good china. Don't leave it for your kids. Don't leave it for someone else to clean out. Use it, chip it, break it. Set a beautiful table. Just enjoy your meals. And number two, soli dio gloria. A Latin phrase, only God gets the glory. The orientation of our lives, not revolving around ourselves. The orientation of our lives revolving around the Father and the Son and the Spirit. Please pray with me. Father, we come to you today. And as always, we are grateful to be in this place. A place that embraces faith. A way of life the radical notion that we can be forgiven, the hope of transformed lives, and the ability to enhance your reputation in all the things that we do, in all the things that we say, that we live and operate from a perspective of your glory coming before anything else. 
Father, challenges us, challenge us with these words. And with this hope, give us hope. Faith in Christ is everything. I invite you to please stand. Let's respond together.